What the hell is going on with your hair? <laughs> what is what is that? It's, you've got a the bun on top, but it's all falling forward. Well, this is my uh, moving unpack, hair, unpacking hair. Move, yeah. I hair. need you looking your best and sexy at all times, what? Angela. Yes, <clears throat> oh. e- during the podcast, even though there's no video. I don't mean, I don't want to be looking at this, some raggedy ass hair over I, there. I'm not sure how I feel about these beginnings. What do you mean? <laughs> Trying to pull the audience in. I know, right, yeah. You don't like it? You don't like my style of beginning, making fun of you? Yeah, exactly. Teasing you? (laughs) Sets the tone. Where are we, I was just going to ask, I I was thinking that the the listener might be interested. In what? In where we are right now. That's why I just asked you the question. Where where are we? Uh, We are at our office space in one of the rooms Mm -hmm. um, that we've kind of makeshifted into a little studio room with two mattresses on either side. And uh, we are working. We're working? In Austin. You together arrived, you in, arrived the same in Austin room. Uh, when? I arrived on Thursday. How was the trip? Long, but exciting. What was exciting? We are moving and we moved from LA. We were driving to our new house, our new life in a new place that we don't know very many people or uh, we don't know this land. We don't know anything Mm -hmm. about it really. And so, you know, kind of felt like we were off on a adventure an exploration a mission something how's it feel now that you've arrived it feels really good it does (laughs) what feels good it feels good to be in the same room with you really i mean we did this once before did we publish that one no okay yeah we we did this once before when i came here to look for a house Mm -hmm. and that i i don't know i i guess I'm surprised that I found one that weekend, and now I'm here. You found it. You came. You found a house in a weekend. Yep. A great house. Yeah. Three minutes from this office. Three minutes. Did I have the office at that point? No. No. You didn't. It. You. We talked about it. I think when I was here. Let's we were, get an office. Yeah. Let's get a space. Yeah, and uh, and then you went to look. I think the week after I left here and you were like, I think I found the space. Was my vision quest before you came here or after? It was, I think it was after. Uh-huh. Cause I, I had, I went on my vision quest. I got a vision and it wasn't directly, it wasn't like get an office, but there was, it was a vision that I'm not going to share, but it's connected to, this office, at least in my mind. And so it was like a week after mm-hmm. the vision quest that I found this space. And it turns out it's literally a four minute drive from your house. I don't think you knew that. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. Lucky you. It all works out for you. It's- <laughs> I do all the work. I suffer <laughs> nonstop. And you just roll in, yeah. you got an office and right. a house. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky you. 
Thank you. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) Right. There's lots of people here. Right. Yeah. We're old, however. Compared to the people here? Yeah. It's a very, very young town. I went to a party on Friday night. It was a lot of uh, transplants, many people from Los Angeles. I didn't really know many of them. Uh, I'd met a few through Diana. It's She knows a lot of them. She had done uh, branding and website work for them. And she's a little more into that world. Uh, she's, you know, that age. And uh, yeah, it was mostly people in their 30s. Uh, I don't know what you'd call them. The transformational community, the spiritual community, medicine community. They're all coaches and not, not therapists, but, you know, they're they're into the transformation and they're very uh very alive very uh ambitious um very much about community and they're all here and they're here to change the world and have fun and make money and be successful and sounds like us (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we're old they're young we have more experience less energy more wisdom you're really, <laughs> I'm, I hate being old. Really? I hate it. Yeah, oh. I hate it. I hate it. These, I feel like these are going to be your best years. Probably. We've done all the, I mean, we haven't done all the work, but we've done a lot. And I, I mean, I'm ready to, I feel like this is going to be fun. The good news is I'm still very hot <laughs> at 52. Right. I was probably the hottest news. guy at the party. <laughs> Even though I was 52, Diana confirmed that. I mean, she's biased. Right, right. Of course. But she was like, you're definitely the hottest guy here. And I, I, I agreed with her. I agree. And I'm the st- most I'm humble. still hot. Still, it's important to me. To yeah. Be, right, my whole identity true. for years was wrapped up in being hot. Right, right. I was told I was hot all the time. And I need to hold on to that. Or I have nothing. <laughs> if I'm not attractive to women, who am I? I'm nothing. <laughs> No, but I'm I'm kidding because that is I I am hot. I'm not as hot as I used to be, and it's a whole identity shift. Being I'm like I don't know if I was the old I wasn't the oldest guy at the party. There was some other, but I'm you know I'm not of that generation, mm-hmm. and I have a different. I went through that time in my life, right. and I know what that energy is. I know what it's like to be filled with uh, enthusiasm and change the world energy, and um, and I'm at a different place you know i have yeah more wisdom more temperate temperate is that the word temperance temperance more temperance yeah and uh more i guess i don't say more but a different perspective Mm. uh which actually will probably be useful Mm -hmm. but it's being the elder in a sense right yeah i mean when i went on that sacred hunting trip with uh monsel denton it was all He's 30, and mm. he was leading the thing, and he, he led it beautifully, mm. wonderfully. A great facilitator, wise man for any age, but particularly for being 30. But everybody who was there was, you know, 20s or 30s, so I'm 50, too. And yeah, I'm the, I'm the wise man. I'm the older, and that role mm. is, I'm resisting it. Right. I don't want it. Yeah. I want to be young and... Right free and 
So I'm struggling with that a little bit. But the good news is Diana, you know, I'm getting, she loves me there. So she's not, she She likes it. She likes my gray beard and she finds it really sexy. And uh, so I don't feel like, oh, I have to, I don't know. It's also, I'm dating a younger woman. How old is? 36. 36, right. I'm 52. What's that? 14, 15, 16 years difference. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. But I don't, I don't feel it with her. I didn't feel it. You I, don't feel it? No. It we was, had dinner last night. Yeah. Me, and it was you. the first time that, well, it was the first time that Ferd met her, but it was, it was probably the third, maybe the third or fourth time that I've, mm-hmm. but I've never really gotten to really speak to her and get to know her vibe. And I really liked her a lot. You like did? Was, yeah. If you didn't, would you really say that on the podcast? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> No. I would say something, you know, I'd say something kind, you know. But you would. You wouldn't say that. You wouldn't. Would you say something anyway to me if you thought she was? If I didn't like her? Mm-hmm. No. Or if you thought she was bad for me or I was making a big mistake, would you say something? I probably wouldn't say that, but you would feel it in my energy. You would You would ask questions that would. Absolutely. And I have done that. to me that you have a concern. You have? Yes. With who? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. You're not gonna say. No. Oh. But the the last one. I I had concerns. So I, did I. I. I know, and so I was. You know. That was my rock bottom. Yeah, and so. Um, and I don't mean that to disparage her. No. I mean you. It was me. Right. I chose into something. I mean, we chose. You know. I, you know, she's got her own side of the story, but yeah, I chose into something that was, uh, I still wasn't, I guess, done playing out whatever I had to play out stuff with my mother trying to get, you know, some childhood needs met and some resentment. And, uh, it was, yeah, that's, that was a wake up call. That was dark. It was. Yeah. It was really dark. It was scary. Yeah. It was scary for me. Really? Yeah. Why? Because you're my friend. Mm. And I, you know, when you see somebody walk into fire, you're like, hey, hey, man, <laughs> you know, there's a fire right there. I don't know if you want to, do you want to go in there? You know, <laughs> like, okay. And as your friend, it's not the most fun to watch somebody walk into fire, you know? Right. There's, I mean, probably not your only friend who's you've watched walk into fire. That's correct. Why do you have friends that walk into fire? Is that your fire? (laughs) I walk into fires as well. You walk into fire, and and, you know, and I want people to be there to witness. You know, I don't want them there to judge. I have to go through something, and you know, I have friends who will watch me walk into the fire, and then like you know, not judge me, and then see that I've learned something on the other side. And that's that's the part that's very gratifying, which is brings us back to Diana. I really like Diana. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know. She seems she seems good for you. You seem good for her. Like it's it feels like a good match. And I I'm happy for both of you in that way, you know? And yeah. And she's interesting. I, I'm interested in hearing her thoughts about things and um 
I mean, genuinely, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it feel like I'm, I'm not, I'm not just saying that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like my own, a, apart from you, you know, like apart from your relationship with her, I'm interested in, in her views, you know, and, and what she thinks of things. And I, I just, I found myself really curious. So I'm, I'm happy for me in that way too. Well, she's a deep well. Yeah, I can feel that. And it's really nice. Mm-hmm. She's got quite an imagination. And yeah, she lives in a, she lives here on earth, but she also lives yeah. in her mind somewhere else. And I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. that. You know? and she puts things together in her mind in a way that's really interesting and compelling. That's not, you know, she's, I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, but she's, uh, uh, accesses wisdom and information and knowledge in a in a very different way than than my mind does, and uh, it's easy uh, for someone who is uh, tied into the rational mm-hmm. uh, to dismiss it. Mm-hmm. But if you open up a little bit, you can see that it's not. Uh, there's something there. Mm-hmm. There's something. There's 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 a logic to it, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's still piecing it together. I think for herself, it's part mm-hmm. of her, I think her life's work mm. is trying to make sense of of all of it and figure out a way to really communicate it. Mm. But uh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, she's 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 very grounded in her own uh, philosophy mm. and uh, and her the the wisdom traditions that she follows and uh and she's also not uh she's respectful of of others and isn't really concerned what people think of her like mm. she doesn't care because it's very at the beginning you know it's very easy to be like this fucking chick is nuts it, because of you know she's she's out there but then if you tune into it it's like oh no no she's not like mm-hmm. she's this is this is powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, and obviously, I was prepped for that uh, by living with Tete for two years. Mm, right. Very out there. Yeah. And you're forced to um, ne- not necessarily take things literally. Like, we were talking about this last night. Like, the world is incomprehensible. Like, th- this whole thing, we don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And we tell ourselves stories to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take the stories, any of the stories, including your own stories, mm-hmm. literally, yeah, it's like they're representations of something else. And it's, it's the representation. It's, repre- oh, it's representing the unknowable, the unexplainable, the, mm. the, the, the thing that your mind can't comprehend, mm-hmm. like the, the whole essence of whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. It's beyond our comprehension. So we tell stories to make sense of it mm-hmm. and it resonates somewhere. It, it gives it a, a coherence. It gives it a logic. It gives it grounding mm-hmm. and everybody tells different stories. Right. And if you detach yourself from the, the actual story, cause Tete would tell stories. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? That's, that can't be true or that's, that's way far out there. And then you go, well, what if I don't, Uh, fixate on the story but what the meaning of the story Mm. and what the story is trying to make sense of and once i came from that perspective i could see oh like his thought process Mm. the way he organizes reality in his mind 
it gives him access to a whole world of thinking Mm -hmm. that is not the kind of rational linear thinking that we tend to do here on planet earth and tend to value and tend to value yeah overvalue i would say yeah and uh and once i i let go of that and just embraced uh the essence of the thing um, the essence of what he was saying, it's like, I just, it all made sense to me. And then it opened up a whole other world. And so I had that for two years with Tete. And so when I met Diana, who has a similar uh, quality to her, a similar way of seeing things. And of course, her and Tete, that, you know, <laughs> they get along right, yeah. great and can talk all day. Uh, it was easy for me to, uh, to connect with her there mm. and to see her. Mm-hmm. Right. And to just, yeah, just to be with her there. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and it makes me, it opens me up, of course. To different, to different perspectives. Things. Yeah. You know, opens up your mind to different possibilities, different ways of seeing the world, different ways of understanding, different ways of, uh, of, uh, absorbing knowledge. Like there's, 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 you know, there's a, we can learn, I mean, do, did I learn more on my last vision quest or reading five classic books, you know, mm-hmm. or what I learned in a university education? Like, obviously, there's a kind of learning you do when you're reading and absorbing knowledge, but there's a different kind of uh, wisdom and intelligence and learning that comes from sitting out in the woods for four days Mm. without food or water. And obviously in our culture, one type of wisdom is valued more than the other, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I've become more interested in, uh, that other kind of wisdom. And, uh, although there is a, uh, one, I guess one of the things that I think about is, well, how do you translate that wisdom? How do you uh, talk about that. How do you give language to these things to so make it accessible? Who are, right, who are more rational can mm-hmm. come to a, a a better understanding of what yes. that. Yeah. Yes. I think you're really good at that. That that's that's part of the reason why I feel like I'm I, I'm interested in doing these podcasts with you. Because because uh, you know I think that. These, some of these concepts, some of these ideas or the way of thinking are sometimes hard to understand. And, and hard to articulate. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I have been somebody who's benefited from your way of articulating things. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it, it, you give it a kind of ground, you know. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm talking about or it's not coming out exactly exactly doesn't feel exactly right like there's a, I'm, I'm always searching for uh, a better way to to explain it or articulate it and, and sometimes i feel more articulate than others uh which is why i i i you know because i keep getting this message that you have to keep writing you have to keep writing mm. and i don't know what that means like what i should write should i write a book should i just keep writing blog posts but there's a it, something that telling me that i need to be consistent like i need to do it every day mm. And I think in part, it's just because it's an exercise in organizing my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And th- this is good. Like right. verbal communication is a good way. But there's something about writing that force, especially when you're going to 
share it, that you're forced to be as clear, as concise and articulate as possible. Mm-hmm. And you can edit it and refine and ideas that you have when you write them down and are going through the logic of explaining it, you can see where there's shortcuts in your thinking. You can see where you haven't maybe thought the thing all the way through. Mm. And you're jumping, you're jumping from one to one I one concept ahead without mm-hmm. actually um including that middle step. Mm-hmm. And there's because and, and in part because you can feel the truth in it. Like you can you feel the conclusion is right, but you actually need to find the 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 emotional uh logic to it. I say emotional logic because that's the kind of writing I tend to do try to talk about and explaining emotions and psychology but to you that and that's the thing that gets translated to people. right exactly which is very helpful for people who you know live in the mind right right that's why jordan peterson is so successful because i think he he's a master of that mm. right he's very very articulate and taking you know he takes extremely abstract concepts and uh makes them uh just understandable mm-hmm. um i need to cough why don't you cough have a cough wait i need to need to cough yeah i have to announce that angela's gonna cough angela is coughing and uh should we talk about covid um you're still sick you had covid i had covid how was it um, it was, hmm. I mean, it was like, I got sick, you know, like I started feeling tired and then I got a fever, not a very high fever, but you know, any fever is uncomfortable. Um, so I was lying in bed basically for two days and then, and then I started to, and then my fever broke and then I started to feel better. And then, um, but I had this like congestion and, and then this cough that would come that was just kind of clearing the congestion. And I've had that for like the last three weeks. And in between then I lost my taste and smell, Mm. which I hadn't heard anyone who has recently gotten COVID had lost. So I was like, Hmm. Do I have Delta? Do I have like what is this? Right. You know, or is this some weird strain of Omicron? Or what? I don't. You know, I didn't really know. But that was probably the most disturbing thing was losing the taste and smell because I I like to taste and I like to smell. What was? Um, but was it disturbing just because? Is there this feeling of am I ever going to get it back? There's that. Um, but you know, I I mean, I was looking online and. You know, some people had lost it for three weeks seemed to be the maximum, but like one week. And then some people lost it for months. Some people still don't have it back. Right. Yeah. So there was that. But there was also just the disturbance of why am I losing my taste and smell? You know, why do I have this metallic taste in my mouth? Why? Like I just these weren't things that I'd experienced before. And it felt that that's the only thing I think that felt weird, you know, like this is different than the flu or, you know, just getting, did it scare you a little bit? How? 
it's it's just something that I haven't experienced before. Right. And it was like, what is this? Yeah, what the fuck is this, Fauci? Right, yeah. Is that what you were thinking? I mean, you just had it too. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, yeah, it was unlike anything I'd ever had. So you don't have a sense of how it's going to evolve. You don't have a sense of how long it's going to go on for which I have with every other illness. You know, if you have a fever, right. I know what it is. It's a couple of days. If I have a cold, it's a couple of days. You 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 know the trajectory of it. Yeah. This was something totally different. And there was a quality to it. And maybe it's my own projection because I know, or at least I believe based on the evidence that it came from a lab so that it's not natural exactly. Mm. It's been altered and that it had a unnatural quality to it i've heard other people say that again it could just be confirmation bias but there's something unique and different about it that i didn't like and uh and it was a little scary i was scared at what and what were you scared of well i didn't the first day was so intense in terms of the brain fog like your brain doesn't my brain didn't work i didn't have that That's yeah you're lucky no i i'm still i i mean i think i'm a hundred percent now but i'm not sure is my brain all the way back and there's they say who knows so many scare tactics out there that people are losing iq points because of covid and it makes it actually impacts your cognitive ability it's also people saying their penises shrunk. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but there's also uh, a COVID. Uh, uh, what, what's the COVID? Long. Guys can't get hard-ons. Oh, wow. COVID imp- impotence. Mm. <laughs> it's funny. I can't remember the word impotence. I don't want to know <laughs> that word. I don't want to remember that word. I don't even like saying the word. <laughs> Impetus. I know. Yeah. It's true. So who knows? But I, yeah, it just it was a little, it was heavy for me. And because I, I heard, oh, Omicron's light. And, but it wasn't, the first day was pretty, I was as sick, it was as sick as I've been in a long, long time, maybe mm-hmm. ever. Right. That I can remember. And uh, although that sort of passed, and then it was this two days of, uh, not really. It wasn't even a sore throat. It's just that I couldn't swallow. It was painful to swallow. Mm, yeah, I guess that is a sore throat. But and that was disturbing. And uh, I was just out of it. I was in some. It was almost like uh, I was doing combo or ayahuasca. Like I was in some other world mm. and on a on a ride. And uh, I had to just get through it. And uh, and then it lingered for a long time. I would say the whole ordeal was about three weeks. What lingered? Uh, a feeling of fatigue, slight brain fog, just not really feeling like myself. Uh, a little bit of congestion, a cough, just spitting up, mm-hmm. and then and then I, I feel like yeah, I feel like I'm back to 100 percent now. But it was it was it was a thing. It's a and. And I wrote, you know, wrote about this. And I don't know if you had this experience. It doesn't sound like you did, but a lot of people did apparently. That it, I just felt this deep despair. 
for uh, pretty intensely for about a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was despair that was already there, that uh, just being broken down uh, allowed me to feel. What was the despair about? Life is meaningless. There's no point in anything. There's no point in anything. It's like you could die right now. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And what was the feeling like? Hell. It's what I wrote. If I, I felt like I was literally in hell and that I realized that hell is not a physical place. It's the absence of hope, meaning, and, and an unrelenting feeling of doubt. I know that's not a completely original thought, but... Well, I had that. You had that? <laughs> I mean, I had COVID and I was packing up to leave LA, you know? It was intense, but I I didn't associate that with COVID. That's interesting. What was intense? You were packing up and... I'm I'm sick, you know, I mean, I was fatigued as well. So what were you feeling? You're feeling sad or despair or hopeless or... I mean, if the way that you describe despair, that's how I felt. You know, I felt like... Oh my God. I didn't, I don't know if I felt like life is meaningless, but I felt kind of like a, am I ever going to get out of here? And, right. And I don't know if I'm going to make it. Is everything going to, you know, I don't know. I just I felt something heavy. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I was just associating that with the move, you know, was right. it really associating with. COVID, but I will say, you know, that I struggled with my mind in an intense way. Wow. Like, I could not get out of the negative thoughts. Yeah, exactly. It was, that was, actually, that was probably the worst. And I, 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 I tried, I mean, I, 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 I tried to try things. But I couldn't even, I was like, I was trying to get out of it, you know? Like, like I, what? Like I, thinking positive breath thoughts? Breath work or, and yeah. meditation and writing and processing. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that I would try, but it was almost like my mind wouldn't even let me try. Do you yes, know what I mean? Of course, yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, like I'd just go back into like these thoughts. And it was like, I, it was, it was, that was the, it was terrible. And then one day I woke up and I had some kind of reprieve and I was like, oh yeah, this is how I normally. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess a lot of people are experiencing that because I have never written something that got more response. Mm. It was amazing to me. What were people saying? Uh, I felt the same way. I totally related to that. I felt that too. And, and and some of it I sense wasn't necessarily connected to COVID, that, that maybe people were just feeling despair in general. There's something about the times we're living in and everything that's going on. And it's also what I wrote about it. it, it the Our leaders, our institutions have failed us. It's mm. it's It doesn't feel like anyone's got their hands on the wheel. And feels like there's something corrupt in it 
And, and I mean, I know not everybody feels that way, but how did this happen? How did this get out? What's going on? We don't know. And I, I just think that the, and we're also in just a massive change. I, I've been saying this for years. It feels like the old systems are coming crumbling down. They're becoming obsolete in the face of the uh, new technology that's here. And we're, yeah, we're evolving as human beings. And, and who knows what that means, maybe even evolving out of a... The, homo sapiens to something else that's integrated with technology you know as Yuval Harari proposes in Homo Deus which I, I, everybody should read it's just an unbelievable book about artificial intelligence it's about a lot of things but it's one of the things it's about and the integration of artificial intelligence and and human beings and what that means and that that there's an integration coming that that we will then transcend who we actually are and become something else. And I feel that happening. Mm. I mean, the way we're connected to our phones, Mm. they're an extension of our brain. We're already part cyborg. (laughs) And it's changed. It's literally changed the structure of our brains because we don't need to remember things anymore. There's no reason to remember phone numbers or facts or directions because your phone can do it for you. Mm. So the brain knows that and it's like, okay, well, we don't, we're not going to waste time and energy on that. And, and so probably because we know that the brain is plastic, it's using it for something else. Right. So it, it's, and what, what is that? What is it using it for? I don't know, but something, I mean, I, I don't know what it's using it for, but some, something may be that's, uh, uh, part of the evolutionary process like something that's going to uh be necessary and useful for where we're going i would think Mm. i don't know i don't know what that is and it's probably different for everybody depending on your mental framework and your orientation to life but i i think that must be part of the despair that there's something something's ending and we're changing and it's not just and it's happening on an individual level obviously i mean it's happening for us right now and i can i can tell we can each tell our own personal story of that and the letting go that's involved in change and the grieving that's involved and everything you have to face about yourself and about your past and uh to to reconcile to things and move on and transcend and and I think that's happening on an, on an individual level and I think it's happening on a on a collective level. I I just want to say like because of what you're reminding me the overall feeling that I had I mean ha- I had that uh that despair yeah I, I guess the way that you described it when I was packing and you know sick but but the grieving was i think the the predominant thing for me like right. i was grieving and it was so intense um what were you grieving i was grieving that uh 
I, I mean, it feels a little like embarrassing still to admit this, but it was like, I was grieving that my mom is not coming, you know, mm. like I'm grieving that still. Yeah. And I had this like real sense in my body, like, because it, I mean, it's interesting too, because it's like, you you're I mean Ferd was quarantining outside like he was in the other room you know I have the bedroom and the bathroom and so I it's like I was just in there by myself and I could feel like nobody is allowed to come see me because I have COVID now you know Mm -hmm. nobody's coming and I just had this feeling like I have to be enough for myself like I have to take care of myself. Right. And it has to be enough. And it was like, you know, I just I felt I don't I guess that there was despair there, you know, but it was like because it was like is is there a god that's going to be here with me? Is there somebody going to be here with me, you know? And so I just like it was like okay, I have to be enough for myself right now. Mm-hmm. And to really get that in my body, like, it, I guess it was kind of like, I have to let go, you know, of thinking that anyone's going to save me or anyone's going to come and take care of me and, or give me the love or the t- attention or whatever it is that I, I, think I need from outside of myself, you know? Right. And I just could, I don't know, there was something about coming to that and understanding that feeling like, Angela, you can take care of yourself now, like in a real way, you know, you have to be the one, you have to be uh, the mom, you have to be the person who takes care of you, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have to be that person. And there's nobody else to blame. There's nobody else, you know, to save you. That's, this is it. And so, yeah, I just, I, I, I cried and cried and cried and it felt like an endless cry. Like, and I cried throughout, I cried throughout the night and then I cried throughout the next day. And I mean, the tears were just coming and it was like, it, it felt like it was never ending, like it was going to be never ending. Mm-hmm. And so there, I guess there was despair in that place too. Yeah. Um, but I think I also, on some level, consciously or subconsciously, like I, I knew that it was, I was grieving and it was, it was, this must be some letting go process that, but Yeah. And I can feel that I'm I'm moving into something different that I don't know. How can we know? Yeah. But I guess I want to say, like, you know, maybe for people who are listening who feel that despair... It's like, I guess on the other end of it right now, 
it feels like, oh, I'm just walking into something that I don't know. That's all. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I guess I feel on some level, too, that I'm being guided and I'm being led. Yeah. I mean, it's like people show up and um, like the help comes. Mm-hmm. The the answers will come. Mm-hmm. I don't really have to know everything right now. Yeah, I don't. I I guess I feel on some level that I really like. I let go of something. Hmm. I moved away from my mom, you know, and my dad, in a very real way. So I guess that's what COVID gave me. <laughs> COVID is the medicine. Right. Well, you wrote, you texted that to me and I was like, whoa. You said, what Lindsay said the that. Lindsay's. Right. Said it. We had a long conversation. She's got very deep thoughts about it. Yeah. The deepest thoughts that I've heard anyone express. I think you said, or she said, COVID, maybe COVID is not the sickness. It's the medicine. Is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the medicine. Mm. It's it's forcing us to confront things about ourselves. It's it's allowing us to see things that we didn't see before. It's uh, forcing us to feel things that we're afraid to feel, mm. confront. So, I think that's right. That's how it felt to me when I had it. Still scary though. Do you still feel the despair? No, I don't feel the despair. I feel some anxiety. I feel I'm I'm my work right now is to uh trust, which maybe is always my work. You know, do I to deepen my faith? to really let go of control. And there's, there's times that I can do that. You know, I always tell this story that a workshop in Toronto it was a great workshop. I was, I felt like on my game and in command and in control of the whole thing. And this guy, very smart guy in the workshop who, uh, always had something interesting to say when it was, you know, when he spoke out and, uh, uh, you know, deep observations and it comes up to me at the end of the workshop. And he says, uh, it's like, I'm really impressed with how much you trust. Mm. I said, Oh, thank you. And then he said, but you could trust more, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause he saw, he saw, cause I did, I had moments of doubt. I had mm. moments of doubt and fear. And obviously when you have moments of doubt and fear and you're leading a workshop, you got to, get rid of them quickly and come back to surrender because that's the only way out. Mm-hmm. And, and I had those moments, but I, I came back to surrender. Right. And, and, but he saw that I, I, I had my doubts and I have my doubts. I, and, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of who I am. There's always doubt. And it's, it's it, the, the doubt is what allows me to deepen my faith. That it's a constant test. It's, I'm always, you know, um, questioning. I don't know. 
maybe I, I I guess I would like to not question. Maybe that's my work. Can I surrender all the way? Can I let go? Can I trust? Can I can I fully trust that life is going to take care of me? That things will evolve and happen in a magical way. That everything I need is going to be presented to me when I need it. The ideas will come. The people will come. That I need not stress over it. I mean, stay stay disciplined. Stay mindful. Stay uh, on purpose. But if I do that, that everything else will take care of itself, which is exactly what I would teach somebody or propose to somebody or encourage in another. So I know that it's true, but I I still struggle to live that fully, to commit to that fully. There's still some part of me that wants uh, to know or, or wants to hold on to control. It's fear. It's all fear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's interesting because you were telling me that you were, you were really scared, um, like, like last week Mm -hmm. and, um, you were scared about, you know, us working together, you know, like the office and what our business was going to be and, you know, all all these things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I wasn't feeling that all that way at all. And I could, and, and which kind of surprised me because it it would seem you know I'm coming into this new situation I don't know anyone you know that I would be scared but I don't feel that way and what I because I trust something about this place where you go you know it's like I've seen it happen in workshops um where you'll get really really scared Mm -hmm. and you know, you'll, you'll be with it. And, um, you know, you, and, and it, in the last workshop, the, the group that we did for the HBO pilot in that one, there was a moment where you were in intense fear. You announced it to the group mm-hmm. and you just, you know, let yourself be present with it and let people have whatever reactions they were having. And then what came after that? was I don't know how I don't know how to describe it was profound yeah and and exactly what I wanted exactly what I imagined yeah like I I'm I manifested it but I was terrified of it yeah and so I think that maybe it's just part of your process yeah and you have to go through it and this is the price you pay that's what I told Diana and she was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, yeah, she might have to pay a price too. To well, yeah, yeah, it's not enjoyable for her. So she's like, could you find another process? <laughs> you're not moping around. Like, just don't take it personally. So, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. She's, yeah. Diane, I'm here to help you too. Take some of that. Right. <laughs> I get, I know that helped me when you said that. Oh, you yeah. You said this is what you do. This is what happens for you. Yeah. I guess yeah, maybe I shouldn't pathologize it or analyze it too much. 
I like to do things that take me to the edge of my fear. Mm. And I guess I like to get lost in it and then have to find my way out. Mm-hmm. Is why do I need to do that? I don't I don't know, but I like to do these intense things. I've decided that I'm going to Sundance. Mm. And why? 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 Now, I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I have to have some conversations, but I feel like I've turned the page and I'm like, okay, I think I want that. Mm. But why would why do I want that kind of intense experience where I know it's going to break me down, I'm going to confront my fear, I'm going to... Uh, question my own sanity mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be i'm gonna question <laughs> yeah it's just, it's abs, it's total madness uh-huh. and yet i'm drawn to it so there's something it, it, in my personality i think or maybe i'm just rationalizing but that just wants that experience and needs it and um like i was talking to uh obert at uh at this party on Friday. Aubert is the Aubert is the one of the founders of Sacred Sons and he's a great guy, powerful man. Leads men's leads retreats. men's retreats oh. and but more than that, he leads the whole organization. I mean, I, I don't know every, you know, I'm, it's lots of people involved. But he has a very powerful vision and and he's a very passionate man, a very impressive guy you know and i enjoy uh when we connect and i enjoy talking to him and we were talking about god and he was talking about how he found god and uh and what god is for him and that god is the center of everything that he does and how he thinks and the work that he does and i was saying how i've I've come to that you know it took me some time i wasn't that way you know, I was more focused on the psychological and then I found God and realized it's, yeah, it's all has to be rooted, uh, in that, in, in this, 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 you know, the, the great mystery, whatever you want to, however you want to think about it. And, um, and, but then I said, you know, I, I, but my faith is, I lose my faith sometimes and I fall into despair and, yeah, I, he just he reacted in a way that was um, like he was curious, and I guess I was like, does he lose his faith? Does he not lose his faith? Is he does he relate to what I'm saying? Does he not like? Are there people that don't lose their faith, and is he one of them, or is that just my imagination, or does he lose his faith? And just doesn't talk about it or he re- regains it really quickly. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess, and that's, I, I don't know. Um, and I, I, I guess I judge myself. It's like, well, does a bear um, not lose his, why do I lose my faith? And again, I don't know what's going on in his mind. It's all my projection. But, you know, what's wrong with me that I lose my faith? Or, or question my faith, or have moments of lapses in my faith. I mean, 
Jesus Christ lost his faith. Well, that's what I said to Diana last night. She said, did he? And I'm like, 40 days and 40 nights. What are you talking about? If Jesus can lose his faith, then so can I. Yeah. Isn't that the whole thing? You lose it and come back and yeah. it strengthens? Isn't that... I mean, that's... I think so. I think that's what it is. Well, I guess because it 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 strikes to the heart of my philosophy and I think there's a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, work being done or conversations being had in the transformational spiritual community that's about manifesting and about positivity and about using empowering language and uh, living in abundance and love and pleasure and that that can be obtained, that there's some, uh, you know, utopia, some heaven here on earth that we can achieve if only we overcome our trauma and our limiting beliefs. We can all harmonize and make all the problems of the world go away. And I'm just like, that's complete bullshit. That is not a thing here on earth. That's not what we're here to do at all. We're here to uh, be in conflict. We're here to, it does, and again, we're, we're here to suffer. Now, that doesn't mean we should suffer unnecessarily. It doesn't mean that we should be generating conflict unnecessarily. That's the neurotic impulse but there is an evolutionary process that conflict leads to growth you can't grow without conflict whether that conflict is internal whether it's in a relationship any kind of relationship whether it, it the, the history of the world is the history of conflict it's war and the idea that suddenly you know we're going to transcend that and all live in peace and harmony and sing Kumbaya just to me seems like uh, delusional mm -hmm. and unrealistic and, and that the shadow aspect of humanity and the, you know, the part of us that, yeah, engages in war and hates and can be cruel, that it must be important. It must be part of it. And our, I think the true transcendence is being willing to accept and see the beauty in all of it. Mm. And that's what I'm holding here in Austin, Texas at Wacom Studios. So if that resonates with you, come on down. <laughs> Wacom Studios. Wacom. Which, Wacom, without the, Wacom. Wacom? In Lakota, you, 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 you don't really pronounce the N's. This isn't for all words, but it's like you just kind of walk on. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, you just kind of... Walk Just there, but subtle. So walk It's walk on. Just kind of a little flavor. I have to learn how to tanka. say the name of my waka own studio. Tanka. Yeah. Wakan Studios. Yeah, that's it. That's okay. good. So, so when you suggested this name... Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure at first, you know, but I, first of all, I, I think I looked it up in, on Google, Wakan, and 
it said something about uh it's like let me of find the, it of the supernatural okay um wakan how do they do the pronunciation wakan yeah wakan uh, a supernatural force similar to mana believed by the Sioux to pervade animate and inanimate objects in varying degrees, sometimes giving them extraordinary powers and usually assumed to be the cause of extraordinary happenings. The eagle has wakan because it can soar higher than any other bird and for a longer time. So, you know, the way we I translate it is wakan essentially means sacred. Mm in in the songs like you would you know the, the the sacred pipe you know well as soon as i read that definition i was like well that has to be the name of our studio it has to be the name of the studio yeah it's very connected to well supernatural god mm-hmm. i mean wakan tanka is the lakota word for god you know mm. great mystery mm-hmm. and uh and of course there was the uh, concern of cultural appropriation but I right. uh, spoke to my teacher, and he liked it. He liked the idea, and uh, I asked for permission. He said, "I can't give you permission." Mm. Um, so I spent some time with Spirit and uh, talked to some other people, and it felt right. It felt true, and uh, yeah. That's what it's going to be called, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be people out there that are going to accuse me of cultural appropriation. I don't know, um, but I mean, I thought about that mm-hmm. too, and um, I mean, we spoke about this, but just that my feeling because I, you know, I had a, I had a, there was a little something where I was like, oh, do do we, I want to take that on, you yeah. Know? And because I don't feel, um, you know, that I have, I'm walking the red road or I'm, you know, I'm doing it the Lakota way or, you know, that doesn't feel um, true for me. Yeah. But I have witnessed you go through a process that has been extraordinary to witness to see how deeply you've gone into learning the traditions and the songs and the, the way, you know, like you, and now, you know, you've done the vision quests and now you're, you're wanting to go to Sundance, you know, this, I I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's like you said, you will question your sanity. I might question your sanity too, for going to something like that, because the level of suffering that you have to go through in order to get to the other side of this this thing is four ex- years, by the way, too. Extraordinary. That's the commi- commitment. Yeah, and so I I have I've seen that, and so you know you. I mean, you don't just also you don't you're not just when you think up names for things or you know like I, I've experienced you know when mm-hmm. we name our workshops or that kind of thing like the name is really important to you. Mm-hmm. And so when you brought it up, I just could feel like, okay, um, I may not have done the work, but you've done the work. And, and, it, and to me, that's, that's what matters. And 
I guess for me, I just resonate with the definition of it and it feels like what I want to aspire to. Yeah. You know, like allowing a supernatural force to come through to give people extraordinary experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Well, and it came to me. It came. Yeah. How? It just, you know, again, without getting into the details of my vision on the vision quest and my connect, the thing that happened to me in relationship to spirit, but it came to me and it, and that's, that's basically what Yoshi said is like, if it came to you, Mm. then like, it's okay. Mm. And you can trust that. I didn't go searching for it. I, I didn't, uh, uh, you know, it just came. It just, mm. it just, and it was immediate and instant. Like that's it. Mm. And uh, and then yeah, when I, you know, obviously I knew what the word meant, but I I googled it just to see what was being said about it online. And and then when I came across that particular definition, I was like, wow, that's that's powerful mm. and feels resonant. Mm. So. Yes, of course, I'm scared of, you know, people are going to have reactions. I mean, you know, that's the, the, the world we're living in right now. And 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 we should be respectful. I'm I'm very, uh, I actually have more ju- judgment for the people who claim to be uh, um, sympathetic to the Native Americans, you know, who start off their uh, speeches by acknowledging that this is, uh, sacred land of the Lakota people or the Cherokee. And we just want to acknowledge that. It's like, okay, acknowledge it. And what? Like, for who? Feels like it's for you to alleviate your own guilt because you're not giving it back. There's something in that that feels, I don't like that. That doesn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I'm not saying that the, the acknowledgement, but there's something about it that it, it feels, you know, virtue signaling, as they say. So I feel very sensitive to um, the misuse of uh, uh, the traditions and the languaging, and uh, so I, it's not that I'm not, uh, and, and you know, and, and I think you do need to be careful and respectful, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say that, mm-hmm. you know, it could also just be, I, I hear what you're saying, and just the acknowledgement, you know, that, I, I don't know, is, is that not, how, like, you don't trust that? Acknowledging that, they're, that, that you're on this land, and I don't know, I guess. Well, what I would say... I would be, what are you doing? Acknowledging. And then what? Maybe um, that's Acknowledging it. Acknowledging to who? For what reason? Okay, I'm going to go out there. Yeah. Acknowledging to the ancestors that we're here, you know, and we're, we just want to, we know that you were remembering. 
We know our ancestors killed all your ancestors. We've taken over. We've built our university or our foundation on this land. It's worth, must be 50, 60 million dollars. So we're not going to give this back, obviously, but we want to acknowledge that it used to be their land. Yeah, that's how it sounds to me. Right, okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical. But I'm sure there's something good in it. I don't know. I'm just I hear you. uh or just people tweeting, you know, using using tragedy. I've said this before. I'm not I won't go down the rabbit hole, but just people using the tragedies that happened in the past. It's just sort of like naming it to signal their own virtue, to let everybody know that they care and you don't. It's sort of creating this moral superiority mm-hmm. that it, it just, it, to me, that's like you're, when you're using a tragedy for your own, it's narcissism. That's how it comes off to me. And it, it, uh, to me, that's its own kind of racism. Racism. Well, you're you're using oh. a tragedy to uh, signal that you are a good person, that you care. Um, you're signaling to your own tribe, but you're also signaling and letting the other people know that they're bad for not caring. I'm somebody who cares about the tragedy of the of the Native Americans or or what's happened to black people in this country, whatever it is. Like Mm. I'm, I'm the good, I'm a good one because I care. I'm going to let everybody know that I care. Mm. There's a shadow there. Mm -hmm. Of course. You know, that's all. That's all. Anyway, Wakan Studios. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be defended about it. I am. I, that's, that's, that's what that was all about. Uh-huh, right. Me defending, anticipating the response. And I, I just got to let it go and just stand in it and be like, let people think whatever they want and not worry about it and trust my own goodness and trust my own uh, integrity. And yeah. And uh, that's it. That's, that's how I feel. I mean, maybe it's easier for me because I'm, it's like I'm, I've witnessed you, you know? Right. And I'm not a white man. But Right. Right. But um you know, people could say the same about me, you know, like I'm I'm You're I appropriating. Yeah, in some way. Mm-hmm. But because of what I've witnessed you go through, I don't feel that way at all. Right. <laughs> I don't. <clears throat> and if if anybody else w- watched you go through what you went through, I don't think they would feel that way either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they don't. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah. Trust. Trust. Yes. Trust. I'm excited. I'm scared. We're in the space. It's a great space. We can make all the noise we want, which is the key. It's a standalone building. It's a standalone building. You can scream and yell. We did a test. I went outside. 
I stood about as close as you would stand if without actually coming in. I screamed as loud as I possibly could. And I could barely hear you. Which was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like if I wasn't paying attention, I probably wouldn't have noticed. Right. So that's huge for us because we like to make a lot of noise. and We're in East Austin. We're in East Austin. The cool part of town. Well, it's de- it's developing. Oh, it's sort developing, of like yeah. Echo Park in two thousand, right? Yeah, but uh, which is you know, where you are. You're in the the. It's an up and coming neighborhood, I guess, mm-hmm. as Austin expands. So it's a good location, mm-hmm. according to Shayla. I mean, we had our local Austin person. She's been here for seven years. Check it out. And she gave it a thumbs up and said, ah, no, it's not. Because I was like, is it too far out? She's like, not at all. Mm. You know, we're, we're, I mean, we're 10 minutes from downtown. Mm-hmm. So it's, and uh, we just got to let people know about it. And we got to get them to show up and uh, scream and yell and, and get it all out. Mm-hmm. See what happens. How are we going to, how the hell are we going to get people to show up? I think. Uh, Wakan. Is it going to pull them in? The, we're going to use the Wakan? Well, I just mean like... Magic? Yeah, I think because I, you know, I already got a text from someone today saying mm-hmm. that they were, they had someone they knew who might need my service, our services. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, some word of mouth. Yeah. Probably. That's how it's going to be. The way. This is the only way it can go. Word of mouth, mm-hmm. slow build, mm-hmm. and we'll rent it out. I already got one person interested in renting it out. Good mm-hmm. guy, men's group guy. So um, it is, you know, it is a unique space in that way. It's carpeted. That's what we're we're calling in. We're, we want we want to work with other kinds of healers, mm-hmm. transformation people. You know, who um, like breath work or meditation yeah whatever teachers yeah whatever people are doing mm-hmm. that that but we want to that's that's part of what we're building yes is this community of healers and you know these this is this is a place that you can come to for healing and transformation right it's not just us right but we're at the top <laughs> we run the joint right you have to be you know, otherwise, not. well, we're the, no, we're the elders. We're mom and dad of the whole operation. We'll bring in all the kids to oversee. Right. It's probably going to be our role here in town mm. on some level, right? Like we're, we're 54, they say, is when you're officially in your elder years. Oh, okay. So we're two years away. Yep. And then we'll be elders and we'll be guiding and shepherding. The youngins imparting our wisdom. Right. As they go out and seek to change the world and discover who they are. Mm. I'll just be helping them. Like Anne was for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's their world now. Right. It's yeah. not our world. That's so true. Yeah. I feel that. Mm. How does that? I don't I hate that. Oh. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm resi- I want it to be my world. 
I mean, it still is on, on some level. Nah, nah. Really? You don't feel that way? I'm watching Alex Becker. Whatever. He's a YouTuber. He's a crypto guy. He's a lot of different things. But right now he's deep into crypto. He's creating this metaverse. and it, it, What he's doing is so incredible. Mm. I don't even understand it. Mm. I have no idea what he's doing, but it's incredible. And I'm just like, I, I, yeah, he's creating a new, he's probably going to end up being a billionaire Mm. and, uh, just watching him work. And he's a great, interesting man, smart, young, lives here in Austin. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like, oh, that's, I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the energy. Obviously I didn't, I didn't go that way. The, the technology route, I'm not in technology, and but it's just to watch it and see it evolve and, you know, just watching the kids. I know? hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I want to respectfully disagree. <laughs> I think that that's what you just, the way that you just described this person. Yeah. I think it's what we're doing. It's true. Just in a different area. That's true. And I think we're just getting started. Well, I'm getting old, okay? Let's get this going. For fuck's sakes. I just want to... Well, yeah, now I'm already fantasizing about like, when, when do I get to just sit on the porch and smoke my pipe and shoot squirrels with my shotgun? When when does that start? Is that, I mean, do you is that what you really want to be doing? Kind of. No. It's a part of me just wants like, okay, it's enough. Let me just lay down. It's enough of this life. When do I get to retire? No, I, obviously not, but... I think you're like, you know, preparing for the role of grumpy old man. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, you need grumpy old men. <laughs> right. they, they know shit. They look around, oh, fucking... I probably will be a grumpy... Well, no, I don't want to be grumpy. It's grumpy, It's like low T. It's low testosterone. That's why old men are grumpy. I'm going to get testosterone replacement therapy. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, I get my, you know, Diana's 16 years younger. I got to keep her happy. So, yeah. You know, I'll probably have to get some help when I'm 70 and she's 50. How old is she be? 56? Well, I don't know. She'll probably still be horny. <laughs> um, Who knows? Is that enough, Angela? Have we covered it? Has, is, is there anything else to say? No, I think it's good. More to I'm, come. I'm happy to be here in Austin. I'm happy you're here. I called you in. Mm. I'm going to miss some people in LA. just want to say that. Who are you going to miss? Uh, I get some of my friends, mm-hmm. you know, and some of my clients. I mean, my yeah, my clients. I right. love my clients, you know. Well, can't you work with them on Skype? I Yeah, but it's not the same. You it's know? not the same. And, uh, but yeah, I, I want to invite those people to come here too to do workshops which we are planning april 1st 2nd and 3rd in austin texas in austin texas not a retreat though not a retreat so if you want to fly and you gotta find your own accommodation maybe we'll help with the accommodation i think we'll probably provide lunch both days yeah but not breakfast and dinner on your own i think Mm -hmm. unless we have evening activities right Mm i have to figure that out and then build it into the price yeah but yeah, it'll be at our space and, but you know, yeah, fly in, but also, I mean, I want local people. That's the point. Right. We want to build a local community. So if you know anyone in Austin. Yeah. Send them to us. Please. 
Angela will straighten them out. <laughs> they need straightening out. She'll love them. And Dave will be the grumpy old man. I'll be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank you, Angela. Thank you, David.